1: In a moment, we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty, johnnysmartpoint.com on Vancouver Consumer to talk about what we can expect for the rest of the fall after a very strong summer when it comes to real estate sales. Some record-setting numbers in the Lower Mainland. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines. Looks like we're heading back into the brick-and-mortar retail outlets. We're going shopping. After a steep decline of 22% from February through April, thanks of course to COVID-19, retail spending in actual brick and mortar stores was up for the third straight month. The stores have been doing, that have been doing the best where the furniture and home improvement places, as well as electronics and appliance stores. A lot of people figure that is related to the higher home sales that we've been seeing across the province. And if you're in the market for a new home, here's one you might like. It's the Price easiest residential property currently on the market in the lower mainland it's on the water point gray road in kits beautiful views of both the ocean and the mountains 6,800 square feet four level six bedrooms five baths floor to ceiling windows incredibly beautiful the price 35.88 million dollars The photos online show a Range Rover and a McLaren in the driveway. Not sure if they come with the place. You might want to negotiate, get them to throw them in along with the drapes. Uh, And did you watch that debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump on Tuesday? Did it make you feel glad that you're Canadian? It should, because a lot of Americans were very envious of us after that debate, judging by all the Google searches from the U.S. using the words move to Canada According to Google, that search phrase, move to Canada, exploded immediately after the debate. New Zealand also got a few as well. But since our border is currently closed to the U.S., I guess we'll just have to say no for now. But very politely, of course. And then because we're Canadians. Sorry. Uh, This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Still to come, you won't believe the numbers that Vancouver real estate is doing, especially this past month. And we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty to talk about what we can expect for the rest of the fall. Hello, John. How are you?
2: Hey, Martin, I'm doing great. Great to uh, be with you
1: uh, this afternoon. Mm -hmm. And listeners of Vancouver Consumer uh, who know you well and have listened in the past few months have heard you uh, predict a very strong end to the summer and a strong September when it came to real estate sales in the Lower Mainland. And man, oh man, the numbers from this past month really backed that up. What a September it was.
2: Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it fantastic? The, um, you know, we just, the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley have, have just released their their statistics for the month of September, and, you know, you're right, I, I, I like to say I don't make predictions, but I like to try to give people my impressions of, of what's going on and what I expect to happen in the market, and uh, September uh, was, was a, just a benchmark, one of the best Septembers we've had in a while, in fact, in Greater Vancouver, uh, statistics in the Fraser Valley are very similar, of course. Uh, But the overall sales volume was about 45% higher than September of last year uh, or 50% higher and about 45% higher than the typical September in the 10-year average. So I think what we saw was, um, you know, maybe some low interest rates combined with the pent-up demand uh, from people who may have bought and sold when COVID was a bigger deal. And now that the market's come back to life, they're jumping in the market. And also there could be some changing housing needs, you know, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. People moving out of the city or getting bigger places for uh, home offices and that sort of thing, but we did see a lot more activity uh, than we'd seen in September of last year and an increase from August as well. So I think the fourth quarter here is going to be fantastic. September, October, November are going to be good months to buy and sell.
1: Yeah, it really is incredible when you consider what's going on in the world with COVID and everything. And uh, one thing that I've been thinking about is, is how COVID has really changed things. Because n- I'd never heard of Zoom technology before this year. No, me either. And uh, now I'm on Zoom pretty much every day uh, for all sorts of things. And I think uh, people, uh, you kind of touched on this, people are discovering that uh, online teleconferencing or whatever you want to call it, actually works really well. So we're probably never really going to go back to the way it was. And so that means people can live kind of anywhere. Are, are you finding this is affecting your customers in terms of where they're looking?
2: You know, I, I talked to a fair number of people, and I do notice this year, uh, quite a number of clients that I've worked for recently have Said to me, you know. In fact, I've got a call from a few of them within the last two months saying, "John, uh, you know, we're going to call you. We told you we were going to call you when we're ready to sell. We've got an offer subject to sale on Vancouver Island, and we're getting out of the rat race. We're taking an early retirement, um, or we're adjusting our lifestyle because the work situation has changed." So I would, I would say that's definitely on some people's minds that uh, hey, maybe time to get out of the city or find a bigger place with some more breathing room. Um, but again, that's just one segment of the market, and we've got a pretty active market right now, so we're still full of, you know, typical buyers who maybe just had their second child and need to go from a a condominium to a a townhouse or that sort of thing, so there's all kinds of things going on out there, but yes, I have felt and seen firsthand um, the effects of maybe this change with COVID and people deciding that their lifestyle choices, it's maybe better not to wait but to act now.
1: Yeah, and I have this theory that in the future, when people describe their homes, they'll say, oh, it's three bathrooms and this many bedrooms, and uh, you should see the Zoom room. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's guess. got a light. It's got everything you need. <laughs> really good microphone. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, and Well, I'm kind of excited now because I have a, a special guest on the phone who I think you know. I know you know. Uh, her name is Joanne Van Der Baron. And Joanne and Daryl uh, recently sold their home with you, and uh, she wants to talk about her experience. Uh, so, Joanne, uh, first of all, congratulations, and uh, thanks for, for joining us on Vancouver Consumer.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
1: Now, you sold your house a house that you've owned for 24 years. And I know mm-hmm. the idea of me getting rid of our house that I've had for almost the same amount of time is terrifying. It must have been really, really hard to let that go.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's a home, as I said, it, I've had it for 24 years and it is, you know, it's almost like, you know, a person all on of its own, if that makes any sense. So, it's been really scary. The whole process has been challenging, and, uh, yeah, know, there's a part of me that's really sad about letting it go. You know, change is hard, right? But um, we just knew that it was, it was time to, to make the move, and, and, um, and here we are.
1: And how did John Carlson help you with that process of, of letting that go and, and making sure you, you got the right price for it?
0: Yeah, well, John was, I mean, he was just terrific. From the get-go, um, you know, the first time that we met with John, he came to the house, and he was actually um, struggling a little bit with a really bad back, and uh, I was really impressed that he even made it out at all to come and see us, but he did, and he walked through the house as, as he hobbled along, and um, we just, you know, sat down with him, and we were just really um, impressed with um, his just his confidence without you know being you know, there's no arrogance he was just very matter-of-fact, but um, also very knowledgeable and uh, we were impressed with his um, his background and his long history in real estate and You know after he left I you know my husband and I looked at each other and we just said yeah, he's he's the guy for us and and uh, he really pulled through for us throughout the whole process.
1: He fought through the pain.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not an easy, you know, it isn't an easy process. Like you mentioned earlier, the, the, you know, selling a home that you've been in for a really long time and uh, jumping sort of into the unknown, so to speak, um, was difficult. And I think John could sense that, especially from me. And he was just, he was just really there for us throughout the whole process. And, you know, whenever we did have any sort of questions or concerns, he was always really clear and very fast in his responses to us too. So we were really happy about that too.
1: And the big question is, uh, have you found a new place yet?
0: Well, we did, yes, as yes, we did. we were actually on vacation, and uh, we were um, just looking at some houses. We happened to upon an open house, and I said this I said to my husband, "This looks like a really nice house. Let's go in and take a look." And uh, we did, and you know, we fell in love with it, and a little sooner than what we had hoped, we were thinking of doing all of this, you know, next spring in twenty twenty one but we just knew that it was, it was right for us. And so we started the ball, the, the, the ball rolling on it. And, and here we are.
1: Well, Joanne Baron along with her husband, Daryl, uh, congratulations on, <laughs> uh, what sounds like a pretty good process and, uh, yeah. best of thank luck you. with the new home.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much. And, um, we're just really excited and nervous and scared, but we're excited at the same time. And, uh, we're just really grateful that it was John that helped us through all of this, this big life change. And I'd recommend him to, to anybody that's looking to sell their home. They, they can't go wrong with John.
1: Oh, thanks so much. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, along with John Carlson from 2% Realty, johnnysmartpoint.com. And John, uh, that must make you feel good.
2: Joanne, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, it always makes me feel good to hear a client who is happy with the process, happy with the result, and, you know, just, just happy with the job that I, that I did for them. So again, thanks to good clients like Joanne and Daryl. It keeps me going, keeps me in business, and any other listening listeners out there who may want to repeat that process, uh, I'm all ears. You can, of course, give me a call.
1: And I heard uh, two good slogans in that talk with Joanne. Uh, one was, can't go wrong with John.
2: Those were her words.
1: And my words, fight through the pain. (laughs) Yes.
2: Well, you know, and and Joanne mentioned, um, we're going to be talking about multiple offer situations a little bit later on in the program. And uh, this was one of those situations where uh, Joanne mentioned that her and her husband happened to be out on holiday. They saw a place they liked and they wrote an offer on that place subject to sale. So by the time I'd met them, you know, they said, John, like most sellers, we, we want to sell this property. We want to maximize our investment. But on the other hand, we also have a timeline. So, you know, what's a good strategy to achieve all those goals? We don't want to leave any money on the table on the sale, but we don't want it to take forever either. Uh, you know, what should we do? So, you know, in this particular case, we looked at their uh, segment that they were in and uh, made a decision to price appropriately and ended up getting a multiple offer situation. So maybe after the break, we'll talk about some of the details in terms of uh, what sellers should keep in mind uh, when it comes to multiple offers because uh, I've been involved in a few of these situations in the last few recent weeks. And with the market heating up the way it has and the inventory in some segments being a little bit low, I think that a lot of you know, potential sellers out there may want to consider the possibility of uh, uh, introducing a strategy to the market that might involve a multiple offer situation. So uh, thank you, Joanne uh, and Daryl, for, you know, working with me. It was a pleasure. And I know I'll be in touch again after this call. Um, uh, but I, I'm happy to hear that, that that you they got the place they wanted. Uh, they sold on terms they're happy with. And really, that's uh, what I'm here to do.
1: And we will be talking multiple offers in just a second. John Carlson, 2% Realty. And if you want to get a hold of him, just go to johnnysmartpoint.com. Number is 604-612-0080. And I I want to talk quickly about something that Joanne was talking about. Uh, She had owned that property for 24 years. Um, And I'm in a similar situation. I've been in a house for about the same amount of time. And like I said, the idea of selling... That property that has my kids were raised in it, uh, it really is terrifying for me. Do you do you deal with a lot of people who who are having trouble letting go, even though they want to move, they need to change it up?
2: You know, that's a great question. I think that um, that if anyone, it's a it could be a stressful time to sell your home and move and make a purchase. It you know that's just natural. I think that you're going to have a certain amount of anxiety, but if you've been in a place for a long time. Uh, and you're comfortable there, and you know you're quite settled in. I think it's it sometimes gets a little bit harder. So um, I wouldn't say that people are necessarily stressed out about it, but it is a concern that they want this process handled properly. They want it handled by a professional. Uh, they want to maximize the investments they've been putting in for years, paying off mortgages and doing improvements to the home. They want those things appreciated, and they want to get market value. So uh, you know, when I meet people, sometimes they're on a more relaxed timeline, and they say, Hey, you know, I. I got all the time in the world and, uh, you know, all the options open to me and that's a little bit less stressful than someone saying, uh, John, I just put an offer on a place and I've got to sell my house in a week or I lose it. Well, that's, that can be a little bit more stressful. And I think part of my job is to, um, and I think Joanne mentioned this is to explain the options and the process uh, to my clients very clearly so they can get a good feel for the environment they're operating in. And the more understanding they have of the process and the environment, and what to expect, and what to watch for, I think that brings the stress levels down, and it makes them more capable of making good decisions when you know, when one or more offers does come and, and gets put in front of them.
1: It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and that's John Carlson from 2% Realty, johnnysmartpoint.com, 604-612-0080. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, a phrase that I'm guessing it's music to the ears of, of a seller, a multiple offers, <laughs> but there are some uh, challenges that go with that. And John is the one who will help you navigate through that. We will talk about multiple offers and this uh, just great real estate market in the lower mainland with me is our friend, John Carlson of 2% Realty. You may know him as Johnny SmartPoint. His phone number is 604-612-0080. But the easiest way to to get in contact is johnnysmartpoint.com. And if you go to the website, you can actually see a chart and you can see how much you might save on commission. And uh, with the house prices and the home prices these days, that's not a small sum, is it?
2: Usually not. I mean, I want to be careful because there are no fixed rates in the real estate industry when it comes to commission. Um, and there are different business models out there um, compared to the most typical um, commission structure, which is probably 7% of the first $100,000 of your sale price and 2.5% of the balance of your sale price. Um, c- compared to that very common business model, I typically save my clients 30 or 40% or more sometimes on commission costs compared to the other quotes they get. So. Again, that fits into the, I think the smart point theme is you want to position smartly and you want to choose an agent smartly and you want to have maybe a commission structure that uh, gets the job done without being excessive. So that's one of the things I do specialize in, yes, is um, making people happy at the end of the day with the sale, but also making them feel good about the uh, the commission structure.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a pretty co- cool thing online. Just go to com, and you can uh, see exactly what you're looking at. And uh, we were talking in the last segment about how big these numbers are. There was, I guess, a little bit of pent-up demand because of the, the COVID thing and uh, all sorts of factors. But whatever the factors, there's a lot of uh, product being moved in the lower mainland. And when you're selling it in a red-hot market like this, you often are dealing with multiple offers coming in at the same time. And obvi- obviously, that sounds great, a lot of people you know, want to buy your place, but what, what are some of the challenges to multiple offers? Are there things you have to look out for?
2: Well, of course, there always are, and I think you, you probably want a good professional on your side to help you navigate the waters. Uh, whether or not it's a multiple offer or a single offer that comes in, in one of my listings, I'm going to approach this from the position of a seller, not from a buyer, if you're selling a property and you get multiple offers. But whether or not it's one offer or many, you know, the job of a listing agent like myself in this case, you know, would really be to represent the interest of the seller to the best of my ability, while at the same time, um, you know, being honest and forthright with all the other parties involved, buyers and sellers. I don't work for those buyers. I work for my seller, but I conduct myself and advise my clients properly so that we can achieve their goals while, you know, staying on board with the process. But, um, with, you know, the way the real estate market has really shaped up in September, and I anticipate October will continue, we're seeing fewer listings, especially in the detached category. I think uh, the listing count for September was up uh, 20%, but the sales in that same segment were up over 50%. So the ratios are getting a little bit tighter, and certain homes, like Joanne's house uh, that was in Port Coquitlam, uh, you know, some of these listings, I'm advising people, hey, here's a situation where you may have a multiple offer, you know, and, and let's talk about that. Is that. Does that fit in with your timeline? So when it comes to multiple offers, usually here's my, here's my thoughts on it. It can happen by accident. It could be a happy accident or it could be part of a strategy. Uh, if it's part of a strategy, I think it's important to, for a seller to understand the segment they're in the environment. Um, for instance, you know, uh, townhomes in Maple Ridge. I had another multiple offer situation and my clients had already purchased and we put our price about $9,000 under the most recent sale, knowing that we were every bit as good as the most recent sale and we'd probably get some good action. And sure enough, we exceeded the most recent sale by about ten or $15,000. Well, the reason that strategy was introduced was uh, we knew that the inventory was pretty thin and they had some things to offer that were not readily available, and, uh, and so that was a, a strategy that was employed and it, and it worked quite well. But other times you might think about um, a strategy that would include a potential multiple offers. If, again, if you've already purchased, if you, have, uh, um, if you have a need for a quick sale or motivation, Um, and again, you just need to know what you're up against and, and come up with it. I think that if you accidentally get uh, multiple offers, that's also not a bad thing usually, but in my humble opinion, again, I'm not commenting on any particular sales out there that I'm not aware that I don't have any access to. But if you maybe accidentally get uh, multiple offers that are way over your list price, you probably want to step back and say, hey, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe I didn't peg this thing right. So uh, multiple offers, usually a good thing, but you're right. There's, there's quite a bit to think about when it comes to those offers.
1: So you're saying occasionally it could be a sign that you priced it too low.
2: Well, that's one of the questions that people ask me. Hey, John, in multiple offer situation, does that mean that I priced my house too low? Well, I guess it could mean that, of course. But sometimes it means you priced it just right Um, because sometimes, uh, and this is my theory, um, if you price a home just right where it should be and you still get multiple offers and it pushes up a little higher, chances are you got more money than you might have had you only had offers come in individually because it's the presence of the other offers that forces potential buyers to compete. And I think psychologically there's a factor at play as well that says in the minds of buyers, hey, if I like it and four other people also like it, it's good, you know. Your your decision to like that property is reinforced. So, um, you know, if you get multiple offers, look at the situation. Hopefully, you're prepared and your strategy has already kind of covered this. Um, but I would suggest for most sellers, um, and again, others may disagree. Uh, don't underprice your property to the point where it's ridiculous, and then see what kind of a uh, circus you can get going. I would say price appropriately. Uh, and leave that room for maybe getting a little bit more. And that's you know what I'm finding generally works best.
1: And what if you get uh, multiple offers? One of them is higher than all the other ones. Do you have an obligation to accept that offer?
2: There's another great question. Um, when there's an MLS listing and an offer comes in, whether it's list price or more, uh, no seller is obligated to accept that offer. Um, it may be Uh, interpreted by an agent, and this is a rare occasion as far as I know, that if the listing contract has been fulfilled, that agent may say, hey, pay the commission whether or not you sold. But that's quite easy to get around in the Schedule A of a listing where I put in the listing, you know, if this is the strategy, I will write, you know, seller does not have to accept offers, no commission payable unless, you know, an offer is in place and, uh, you know, and, and has completed. So a seller is not under obligation to accept any offer at any time, but when you have, let's say, three or four or five offers or more on your property, you're probably in a very good position, and it makes a lot of sense to try to see if you can make one of those offers work for you.
1: Hmm. And I guess the the advantage you have with multiple offers is you can you can choose the buyer who seems the most. Uh, Stable, I don't know what the word is, trustworthy or or just the the least trouble. uh, How do you choose? How do you choose from different offers?
2: Well, price is important, but price is not the only factor by any means. In fact, you know, I've said to clients before, hey, look, we have four or five offers here. Two or three of them have increased their initial price that they bid because they're competing. A couple of them have removed some conditions to make themselves more competitive. We've worked ourselves into a very, very good position. And the last thing we want to do is tie ourselves to an offer that might be flimsy or fall apart and the whole house of cards falls apart and we're back at square one. So the money is always important, uh, the, the offered price, but keep in mind those things are often negotiable. I think it's also very important in a multiple offer situation to hit your wagon to an offer that is serious and clean, well-drafted, and that has you know the best chance of of, of going forward, if you know what I mean. And there's lots of ways of doing that. when. When offers come in from other agents, part of my job as a listing agent is to, you know, to grill the other agents to some degree, ask them loaded questions, find out, you know, is their client pre-approved or are they pre-qualified? Pre-approved might mean they went online and filled out a form and said, yeah, I can afford this. Where pre-qualified, they've been to a lender and their financial statements have been looked at, their income, uh, their credit score has been checked. And, you know, you want to make sure if there's a financing clause in a contract that these people are prepared to remove that condition in a, in a quick period of time. The fewer conditions, the better because certainty is important. So you look at the price, you look at the deposit, oftentimes dates are very important. Do they match the dates that you need? Um, but really, we're looking for an offer that is as clean as possible, that is well-drafted, that doesn't have a bunch of contingencies that we may have to worry about, you know, whether or not they go together or not. Um, And it, you know, when you have three or four or five offers, generally speaking, after I've called each an agent and asked them a series of questions, I'm in a pretty good position to at least report back to my seller and say, let's talk about this. Offer A and B, you know, they might be okay, but offer C looks quite good, and we talk about the merits of each one. And in the end, you know, I don't make any decisions, I'm an advisor. Um, and as the process goes on, there may be one or two that kind of come to the forefront and perhaps maybe even there might be a second round of bidding between those two agents. There's a lot of different ways to handle it, but really it all goes to the, to the point of understanding your seller's objectives. They probably want good money, but they also want a sure sale and communicating to them their options and helping them make the right decisions and pick the offer that makes the most sense.
1: I think you've just described why you need a realtor with experience and an eagle eye. And that's John Carlson, 2% Realty. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website, 604-612-0080. We've been talking about multiple offers. Um, What about home inspections? Is that something that people might waive as sort of an incentive to take their offer? And how do you feel about that?
2: Well, when I'm uh, the listing agent... Uh, representing the seller, I think that 's wonderful. Um, not that uh, I want anyone to buy a house that has any problems that are hidden or anything like that and Of course, my sellers will all disclose on the disclosure form any issues they know about the property before it 's even listed but yes if you if you recall when the market was extremely hot a few years back, there were you know reports of people buying homes without inspections, and sometimes that could uh, i 'm sure cause problems down the road. And as a buyer's agent, I I never like to see a client buy, uh, you know, a house, and maybe it's brand new, without an inspection. Having said that, again, from the listing chair where I'm representing the sellers, my job, while acting ethically, is to get the cleanest and best offer I can for my sellers. And it's not really my job to... Uh, tell the buyers whether or not they should do an inspection. So, yes, I've seen many situations where um, a buyer finds out they're up against three or four or five other offers and they say to their agent, presumably, what can we do to make our offer stand out a little bit better? Sometimes those buyers may remove the subject to inspection uh, condition from a contract, and that really does make an offer more attractive. You you can't deny it. Uh, So, ideally, an offer with no conditions and a nice big fat deposit and the dates that you want, I mean, that's perfect. Um, but fewer conditions is better than no conditions, and in a perfect world, if you can, from a seller's point of view, uh, entertain an offer that doesn't have an inspection clause or maybe even financing doesn't have to be approved, those are the kind of offers that get a lot of attention, even if the number, even if the price isn't quite as high, because oftentimes those offers get a call and saying, hey, we like your offer, the number's not quite right, but we're going to give you a chance. Here's a number that we'd like to see if you're happy with it, you got 15 minutes, call us back. And, you know, getting the deal done on that night is always a good idea if you can.
1: Well, John, I'm very excited because you're going to be on Vancouver Consumer a lot this fall. And uh, you actually want to hear from people. You've got a website info or uh, johnnysmartpoint.com is the website, but the email address info at johnnysmartpoint.com. People can send you an email and ask a question and you'll, uh, you can talk about it the next time you're on the show.
2: You know, yeah, I'd like to have a little bit more input from some of the listeners because I meet a lot of them, a lot of you out there, uh, you know, through appointments, but I know there are a lot of others I haven't met yet. So if there's a topic or a question that you'd like me to discuss, I'll be on every two weeks throughout uh, maybe till the middle of end of November. Um, go to info at Johnny johnnysmartpoint or just go to my website and uh, drop me a line and give me your name and tell me what you'd like to talk about, and I'll respond to you. And if it's something I think the show would benefit by, we'll, we'll introduce that. While you're on my website, you can always fill out a form and ask for a home evaluation, and it comes right to me. So um, I'm available. I've had a number of listings sell lately. And uh, if you're thinking of selling in Greater Vancouver, Fraser Valley, I have some time. So, yeah, feel free to get in touch with me.
1: Well, John Carlson, thank you. It's always a a pleasure to talk to you. John Carlson, 2% Realty, johnnysmartpoint.com, 604-612-0080. And uh, we will be talking to you soon. Thanks, John.
2: Thank you. See see you two weeks from now.
1: All right. uh, johnnysmartpoint.com, John Carlson. It is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And when we come back, it's Ask Andrew. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, along with Andrew Ferreira, our producer. And uh, it was this year, or last year rather, uh, at this time of the month, almost to the day, that we adopted a dog from India, my dog Gallop. And I just realized uh, in the past year, my dog has had more air travel than I have, (laughs) which is weird. I don't mind though, but... Things are slowly easing up for people who want to go on trips, get on planes in this COVID era. And uh, in this segment of Ask Andrew, Andrew, uh, you've got some news on people who are desperate to take a vacation.
3: And I I do want to stress if you are absolutely desperate. uh, Earlier this week, uh, Hawaii's governor actually said, you know what? Fine. Fine fine you can come <laughs> uh, is essentially the you know, you know he didn't have that kind of attitude no, of though course he was not. like please come of please. course not but you know people clamming around in hawaii is a big you know tourism dollars are big dollars in hawaii uh you can now if you would like you know in the canadian government will say maybe maybe you shouldn't do that uh but if you would like you have now the ability to go to hawaii um in order for you to be able to go, however, uh, you must, within 72 hours of you know hopping on the plane and arriving there, uh, you must have a, a confirmed negative test taken uh, to show that you do not have COVID-19. And even after this, uh, when you come back to Canada, you have to, you know, quarantine again. So oh, so you, for like two weeks? Yeah. So you're still, oh. you know, you still have to quarantine. You have to really want to go to Hawaii. You have to be absolutely desperate to do this. But, you know, again, they all you need is a proof of uh, negative test, no more than 72 hours in advance of travel. And to get into the nitty gritty, it's a nucleic acid amplification test. <laughs> uh, I know. You know your, <laughs> Sounds delicious. Your doctor will be able to give you the download. I'm not a medical professional. Uh, But without this, passengers arriving from out of the state uh, will be subject to the 14 day quarantine. Uh, So in terms of, you know, the cost of the test, that's on you. Uh, No testing will be provided at the airport uh, in uh, in Honolulu or wherever you're landing in Hawaii. Um, Speaking of airports, uh, there is big news coming out at the tail end of this week, actually, uh, that had what is essentially a pilot. Airport pilot study <laughs> uh, a pilot study is going to be uh, is in design right now and they're going to look to implement this going forward, but it's uh, a partnership between YVR uh, WestJet, and the University of British Columbia uh, and what it'll do is it's essentially just going to be a um, test kind of a quick test solution. Uh, And again, this is still 100 percent in the design phase. You know, we're not saying you can take a WestJet flight and get yourself swabbed and have your results by the time you get on the plane. Uh, But we are saying that this is something that now the airport and the the University of British Columbia and the airlines are starting to look at. How can we, you know, responsibly and quickly uh, test people uh, and get, you know, a rapid result? Uh, Earlier this week, for instance, Tampa International Airport in Florida announced that it's launching its own COVID-19 testing pilot. Uh, The testing is available to anyone who has flown or is flying within three days and can show an airline ticket. Uh, There's a $57 US nasal swab and a one uh, sorry, a $57 rapid antigen test and a $125 nasal swab. Uh, And Tampa is the first American airport in the U.S. to offer in-house testing. So YVR could be in the not too distant future uh, on board with that. So, you know, if you're itching to get out there, I'm still going to say don't do it. (laughs) B.C. has lots of nice places to go to. You'll be okay, Uh, but if you know you're absolutely itching and you have the time, means and ability to do so, there may be safer ways to do it on the horizon.
1: Well, ask me in about three months when the weather gets dark and rainy when
3: we're into you know 17 straight days of gray and you haven't seen the sun since you know 2006 yeah that (laughs) kind of feel
1: yeah well thank you andrew that's andrew ferrara the producer of vancouver consumer on cknw and that's it i'm martin strong and we'll be uh, back next week it's vancouver consumer